0: You can't hit a target you cannot see, and you cannot see a target you do not have. Zig Ziglar.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Belonious Pundits. I'm Kentod Svensgaard, and along with me, please say hello, hello to AJ Mass. Hello, it's me.
0: How are you, sir? Happy to be back for another episode.
1: Yeah, me too. Uh, Just in case you were wondering what the heck this is, this is a podcast about the television program Criminal Minds. We recap and take an in-depth look at an episode of the show each week. I have never seen the show before, and AJ is a longtime viewer. Let's get right into it, because this was a a dense episode this week, AJ.
0: This was in for for such a short title, right?
1: (laughs) So this week, folks, we're recapping season one, episode six of Criminal Minds, entitled LDSK. It originally aired on November 2nd, 2005. It was written by Andrew Wilder and directed by Ernest Dickerson. Before we start, AJ, I will say I'm familiar with the work of Mr. Ernest Dickerson, who uh, started his career as the longtime DP for several of Spike Lee's early joints. He made his directorial debut with a movie I loved at the time, Juice. I haven't seen Uh, it in years, but that was his first movie. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Tupac, I believe, uh, if I'm remembering correctly.
0: Don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. <laughs> it's included in that parody movie.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. He also directed several shows that we've heard of, like The Wire, Once Upon a Time, Dexter, The Walking Dead. So this guy's been around for a while.
0: No, I'm not familiar with any of those. None? No? No, no, no. Well, no I've never heard of them.
1: Well, also uh, Criminal Minds.
0: Ah, yes. This one I know. This one I know very well. Too well.
1: <laughs> I'm just bringing him up because I really thought his direction in this episode was particularly, particularly notable. And uh, I really enjoyed this episode. Oh, so. it
0: had its moments. Yeah. <laughs> we, we'll discuss.
1: <laughs> that sounds interesting. I can't wait. All right. So uh, we'll start with the recap now. This week starts off, and we're in an idyllic park setting. We see a boxed kite flying in the sky next to an American flag. Birds are chirping. We pan down and see our kite flyer. Kite boy. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: Then we see a girl riding by on a bicycle, uh, a father and son tossing around a football. And because now this show has trained me, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, what's going to happen?
0: Yeah, I think by this point you you get to the point where you realize they they know you're on to them, so they're gonna say, All right, you think you know which one's the target? Well, we'll give you multiple targets and you try and figure it out.
1: Guess which one's right. going down? <laughs> so a uh, screen uh, Chiron informs us that this is Franklin Public Park in Hervé Villachet's favorite city, De Plains, Illinois. Oh
0: dear. Can I have another fantasy, Mr. Hork? I don't like this one.
1: <laughs> All of a sudden, we see an extreme close-up of a hand pulling on a trigger, and then we cut to a gunshot. The gun comes down, and we see it's Doctor Reed, who's working on his gun skills at a firing range with Hit Hotch, Hitch with Will Smith as uh, No. With I gotta Hotch. get
0: you, Kevin James, to get a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So uh, apparently Dr. Reed has an upcoming firearms qualification and he's barely passed his last one. So Hotch is helping him out and he demonstrates for him some rootin' tootin' shooting. Reed shoots at the target again. But now we cut directly back to the park and the father is playing with the son and he's falling to the ground. And the son runs a bit. He gets his touchdown on and he turns around to see his dad still laying there. Of course, he thinks his dad is fooling around. But eventually turns him over to see that indeed his father has been shot in the stomach area.
0: Yeah, well, you know, this is part one. You, you, you talking about the direction and everything. I think this could have used another couple of takes because this kid is, first of all, I don't buy his reaction at all. You know, he scores a touchdown. He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when he, goes, when he goes to roll his father over, I don't know if you noticed this, but he doesn't push him with any force. The father rolls over. Yeah, <laughs> like this is the actor going. Oh, oh, that's not enough push. I'm gonna. I'll just roll over for you,
1: dude. <laughs> Ooh, you know I didn't notice that, but I'm gonna look at it again. Oh, it's it's that's, pretty bad.
0: It, it it's yeah, it's pretty bad. This is an actor rolling over, not a kid pushing over his uh, sh- having been shot father.
1: <laughs> oh well, the kid does fall back in a panic. Obviously, starts screaming. We see him. We cut and see him framed in the center of some crosshairs. And then the crosshairs move to seek out a different target. And we see him aiming at our kite flyer's Not belly. Kite boy! No! <laughs> but again, we cut to Reed shooting at his target. And he looks like uh, he missed what he was supposed to be aiming for and hit the target in the groin area. And it, I feel like we did get a bit of humor from Hotch here, who says, uh, did L teach you that? <laughs> that cracked me up.
0: No, that was good. I, I mean, it, it's humor. Hotch doesn't deliver it with humor. So I think that's that's kinda of thing. Yeah, it is a great joke, especially because we've been talking about how boy, you know like, just last week, was like, L's like, the men that I capture, the evil men. Like, we, we get it. L, does, L doesn't like men. We're on board with that. But yeah, Hotch just kind of matter-of-facts matter it there. It's, it's, it's the bluntness that made me laugh even more than the line. But good line,
1: yes. Reed doesn't find it very funny. He's he's really worried. He's, he thinks they're going to take his gun away from him. And Hotch is like, hey, profilers aren't required to carry. And Reed says, yeah, but you carry, too. At which point, Hotch reaches down to an ankle holster, draws out a weapon, and hits his target dead on with three quick shots. And then he tells Reed that when he joined the BAU, Gideon told him he didn't need a gun to kill someone. That's right.
0: He used (laughs) his sharp rapier wit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Reed is like, I don't get it. Hot says you will. Good luck tomorrow. And then bounces. Uh, I love that everybody has to like leave on a line like that. You, know?
0: <laughs> you will be. <laughs>
1: Thanks, Yoda. <laughs> Reed aims another shot at the target, but now we cut back to the crosshairs who are which are now aimed at our girl on the bike. And then But we then, at that point, we cut back to Reed taking a shot. So this is where I like the direction, the sort of back and forth between. Yeah,
0: it was okay. It was a little too many cuts for my taste, but, you know, fine. All right, it's all good.
1: (laughs) We cut back to the BAU offices, and apparently it's the next day because Elle is already telling Gideon that Reed failed his qualification, (laughs) which he can retake in a few weeks.
0: Again, though, this L can't wait to tell people. You know, when the, when when she's interviewed a witness to a crime and they say, oh, by the way, I've identified the suspect. She'll wait a couple of hours. But Reed fails his exam. She's like, hey, hey come here, <laughs> right. everybody, everybody, important news.
1: Right. She's all over it. Uh, but she is at, at least feeling bad for him and saying he's going to be embarrassed. So let's not mention it. And while she says that, she's obviously staring daggers at Morgan, who is like, not a word, not a word. But then, as soon as Reed comes in, Morgan leaps up to go mess with him. He says, uh, hey, we're all here for you. I'm serious. And if you ever need anything, and he puts a a whistle on a necklace on uh, on him and says, just blow on that. Are they trying to make me hate Morgan? (laughs) Are they really trying to make me hate Morgan?
0: You know, Morgan and Reed, the relationship is, I think, written in the script as big brother, little brother type vibe. But He's quite the bully at this point in yeah. the campaign. But at least he's consistent. You knew he was going to do something. Right, right. So it's uh, in character. But yeah, you know, but the, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that Reed, was a little harsh. And Reed just turns into like an eight-year-old. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before that situation couldn't escalate any further, JJ walks in to announce the case of the week. And uh, she passes out her little info packets to the team. Uh, And she informs us that three victims were shot from a distance at Franklin Park. And this is the third such incident in Des Plaines in the last two weeks. Elle says a sniper, but no, they don't say that word. She's like, why? Well, public perception is that the FBI doesn't have too good of a record with snipers. (laughs) The
0: reason we don't use the word sniper is because we suck at snipers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Elle asks, what do we call them? And Hotch says, our episode title... I was a little disappointed it wasn't Reed, but, again, at least it got said this time around. Exactly. LDSK. But, you know, maybe we
0: give Reed half a point for then explaining to us what it is. (laughs)
1: Yes. Yes. Reed says, long-distance serial killers. And L asks, how many of these guys have we caught using a profile? Gideon says, none. And then for some reason, we hear two gunshots. (laughs) Before cutting to credits.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't really understand that either. Other than they're, they're still echoing from the park. I, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I feel like they were just exclamation points for Gideon saying none. Like it was like none.
0: Bam, bam. Yeah, like, maybe, maybe it was the, the drummer getting ready for the exciting up-tempo theme song. <laughs> criminal Minds, Criminal Minds, Criminal Minds. It's Criminal Minds.
1: So we come back.
0: (laughs) Oh, you're going to sing along with me before this this
1: 300 episodes is over. (laughs) Oh, you think I haven't already. We'll talk about that later. Uh, Come back, and our uh, team is in the briefing room, and Hotch is going over over all the case details as per use. Two weeks, three separate incidents, six, six victims. They were all shot in the abdomen. And the only fatality was the first victim who was shot and killed in a shopping center parking lot. Later on, nine days later on, two more victims were shot while playing basketball in a community center. And then our opening incident at Franklin Park was four days after that. All of the park victims are going to make it, but none of them saw anything. So they don't have any evidence. But uh, one of the victims does have a bullet lodged in his spine. Gideon asks for the prognosis on that, and JJ says, well, there's a bit of arguing between doctors if they can remove the bullet without paralyzing the patient. So without any witnesses or a solid piece of evidence at that point, right now their profile is all they'll have.
0: Now, I will say, my the first thing that occurs to me at this point, just because I'm, I'm a math guy, I was a math minor in, in college, numbers jump out at me. So we had one victim shot in the first incident. Then we had two victims shot in the second incident, and then three victims shot in the third incident. All I'm saying is, and we can track this, I'm expecting four victims to be shot if there's another incident. Because he's escalating, but he's escalating <laughs> without going exponential. Right.
1: He's doing a linear... Algorithm?
0: No. He's a linear damage serial killer. LDSK. <laughs> Oof,
1: groan. Okay. Uh, wheels up. <laughs> wheels up. We cut to Gideon's Gulf Stream, cruising along in the sky, and we get our quote for the week. It is from our old boy Nietzsche. And he wrote The irrationality of a thing is not an argument against its existence. Rather, a condition of it.
0: Okay, so our, our 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 serial killer sniper is crazy. He's irrational. But he exists, yeah. Tell us something we don't know, Friedrich. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Nietzsche. So, uh, on the plane, Hotch is saying they haven't been able to build a complete profile yet. But this is what they do know. They do know that these unsubs are always male. They frequently have a background in law enforcement or the military. And they always contact the police or media both to take credit for the experience and also to relive it in a way, if you will.
0: Sure. Okay. I'll go with it. We're we're not thinking outside the box at all, but you know, that that doesn't happen (laughs)
1: anymore. It's all good. (laughs) That only happens when Gideon wants it to happen. (laughs) Gideon does explain that they have, that these, these guys take, they have a feeling of ecstasy from reliving this experience and, Sometimes they use souvenirs taken from their victims, and uh, sometimes others return to interact with the body, which kind of grossed me out when he said that.
0: (laughs) Oh, we've got hundreds of episodes to gross you out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Both of those options, however, would require contact with the victim, which by definition a long-distance serial killer wouldn't have. So their unsub has not yet contacted the police or the media, but they're sure he will.
0: I'm beginning to think that Casey Kasem might be the long-distance serial killer. And coming <laughs> up, our long-distance serial killer. <laughs> I dedicate this bullet to you. Let's try
1: this again. A
0: bear? A bear? A teddy bear? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh,
1: never mind. That's <laughs> okay. There are some people out there who will get that reference. And... uh there's a lot of youngsters. We'll just say Shaggy. Guys, shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> El's asking, well, what do we have at this point? And Gideon says, sometimes it's not what the unsub does that reveals his profile. It's sometimes what they don't do.
0: Actually, he, he doesn't contract there, which made me really frustrated. He was like, it is what they do not do. <laughs> It's Gideon's he's got certain speech patterns that just annoy the heck out of me and that's one of them it's like, well, not what the unsub <laughs> does it's what
1: they do not do <laughs> Reed chimes in and says well he doesn't kill his victims and and then Hotch is saying something but I can't really focus on it because once more <laughs> we have Gideon looking intently at a picture of Franklin Park and AJ believe it or not what we're going to do is a camera trick here where we zoom into the picture and now we're at the location. So this one this one though
0: was almost like as if they knew that you and I were podcasting about this episode by episode and have fixated on this because Gideon takes the picture out, kind of like waves in his hand a few times to draw attention to it like a magician in a handkerchief. La, 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 la. Mmm, put this in right in front of me here. Mm-hmm. what have we here? Oh, it's just a crime scene. Mmm, Shall we focus in? Yes. And then we have the Terry Gilliam-esque Brazil-type shot of all of a sudden woman's head <laughs> right in the front.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good point. Travel
0: by Kodak. Ask for it by name. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh, when we're at the park, we uh, as we zoom into that picture. We uh, see our first look at the local detective for the week. It's uh, a detective Calvin, and she looks very familiar to me. Also, AJ. So I did look her up. Her name is Paula Newsom. She's been in a ton of shows. Uh, including recently the first season of Barry on HBO. If you watched that show mm-hmm. uh, or heard of it, I know you haven't heard of any of these shows. I, no, I up. have no idea what you're um, talking
0: about. Watch, look out there is a bald hitman behind you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I actually, I actually remembered her like, this is how my memory worked. I remembered her from a series called the woman's murder club. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Which was, uh, which was, like, a short-lived one-year series, I think, back in the early aughts, based on James Patterson books. Okay, fair, 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 fair. I, I
0: remembered her from oh, that. Along one. came a spider. Let's move along. <laughs> yep.
1: Uh, I digress. Uh, anyway, the crew introduces themselves to the detective, and she points out the cones that mark the places where the victims were. So they were able to figure out exactly where the unsub shot must have shot from there's some talk about determining if this guy is a sadist or not morgan at this point gets a chance to explain how we love living in the unsubbed shoes basically yeah
0: we he just can't wait to go into some sort of dissolved montage
1: (laughs) yeah oddly enough it's not going to be morgan who's uh walking in in his shoes this week which so which I kind of enjoyed. Like, let's take a small break from you, Mister Morgan. Yeah. Especially after your meanness in the first scene. <laughs> <Time> out. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's it's good. I will say I will say we're gonna we're gonna address this later. But I I found a very difficult uh, this episode to figure out which police person was actually in charge and what their roles were in relation to each other. Uh, well, let's save it until we meet our second guy in charge. But like, it, I don't get it. <laughs>
1: I agreed with you a hundred percent, and also who's in charge at the hospital, which we'll get to because I, I, that there was some people there. But anyway, uh, we we're cutting ahead a bit here. Let's uh, get back to actually we cut to a ho- we cut right to the hospital. <laughs> oh, good good segue. <laughs> to my part. Like I almost knew that that scene was coming up next. Uh, we cut to a hospital, and the team enters, and a couple of doctors are in a conference room arguing what to do about the guy that still has the bullet in him. And uh, one doctor is the chief of surgery, and then the other doctor, the trauma surgeon, I'm j- is a jerk before he even says a word, AJ. I'm just calling him cocky doc. <laughs> Cocky doc, In my notes, I like that. he
0: is just cocky doc, just from that hairstyle. I'm like, I do not like this guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, cocky doc Duvalier. He's like got a um, jerry curl. <laughs> it just does not work. For yeah. Me. His name is uh, Dr. Landman. And uh, Gideon goes to shake his hand during the intro. And he actually refuses to shake because his hands, you understand? Mm hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. But I'm actually going to take a brief moment to do a deeper dive into this actor, oh, dear, <laughs> because AJ he too looked familiar to me. Yeah did you did you look him up? I, do you know who I, he I is? I did not look him up. His name is Marcus Giamatti. You recognize that last name? Oh
0: sure, Giamatti. Why? That would be the former baseball commissioner. That, that is Berkeley right. He Giamatti. is.
1: He is the older son of Bart Giamatti and the older brother of Paul Giamatti.
0: Isn't that interesting? It is very interesting. I mean, uh, <laughs> imagine that. One man having two sons? You don't see that every day.
1: <laughs> uh yeah, he's he's been in a ton of stuff before too. Um he was in another CBH show show, which I don't ever recall watching, judging Amy. He had a starring role in uh, that. You know, I'll,
0: I'll I'll not cast any dispersion on on that show because I don't want to be accused of judging.
1: Anyway, (laughs) Dr. Landman asks Gideon, uh, as psychological profilers, what are they really looking for? And Gideon says, we're looking for how the victims were shot, which could reveal the shooter's signature behavior. And the uh, head of surgery Uh, goes over some more details of the case, and again mentions the bullet lodged in the spine and that removing it could risk paralyzation. And uh, Cocky Doc says, that's in your opinion. He thinks with the right surgeon, there is no risk. But the chief of surgery says, well, there's always a risk. And what I thought was a a hospital rep that was in the room, but apparently she's in charge of the whole thing because (laughs) she she chimes in, she asks... uh, what would what would significance would the bullet be in building the profile? Okay, no one talks like
0: that. No hospital administrator talks like that. That line annoyed the hell out of me. She's like, she could have just said, "Why do you need the bullet?" or "How important is yep. the bullet?" Not so. Uh, what significance is this bullet to your formation of the profile, as you say? <laughs> just, <laughs> are you sure you need it? It's very important. <laughs> cool. You know, that's all she needed to say. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. So, uh Gideon says even if they can't get a ballistics match, they can get the type of rifle and that could be significant. The administrator asks Dr. Landman if he believes he can do the surgery and he says, "I know I can." Oh, I hate that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay, there's
0: he believes that with the skilled surgeon that there's not as much risk, but yes, there's some risk in any surgery. Stop fooling yourself. You Jerk.
1: <laughs> yeah. We cut back to Franklin Park and Detective Calvin. Morgan and Hotch and Reed are still in the parking lot. And Hotch is pointing out a handicapped spot, which is oddly uh, very far away from the entrance of the building. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's suspicious. Uh, and that particular spot does have a line of sight to where all three victims were and the flagpole as well. So Hotch is explaining that from this distance that the unsub would have had to judge how the wind could affect his shots so he could use the flag to do that. He thinks that the shooter came there before the shooting, decided that this was his spot, made sure no one would stay there or park there by painting the handicap sign in the spot, and he was probably shooting from inside his car. Morgan says that means he probably tried, wanted to get away very quickly, that he didn't stick around to watch his victim suffer. And Reed concludes, so he would not be a sadist. Mm-hmm. Detective Calvin asks what he would be, and Hutch says a very smart, very resourceful, very paranoid sociopath.
0: Hey, you know, we, we've we got a profile on this guy, and it doesn't matter because we know these profiles are 0% effective in the past. So really, throw <laughs> whatever you want, guys. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So we're back in a, a conference room at the hospital and uh, L, JJ and Gideon are discussing the case and L notes that the time on all the shootings were between 2:55 and 3:15 and she asks why this was and Gideon points out that the time is a particular time it's the time that there is a police shift change um so there's gonna be less police out on the streets because you have the cops that are getting ready, finishing up their reports and stuff, getting ready to go, and then you have the cops that are just coming in, getting ready to come on shift. The, they overlap and therefore uh there's less cops out on the streets.
0: Which, you know, rightly they point out is counterintuitive because you would think with the shifts overlapping there'd be more cops. But the the fact is that, you know, Oh, well, we're getting ready to go home. We're packing up. We're unloading our stuff at the desk. There's actually fewer cops on the street. I, I did like this explanation of it because it is very counterintuitive. However, <laughs> what then follows up is that L asks how many people outside of law enforcement would be aware of this thing. And I'm just thinking going, well, anyone who's ever watched a TV show, especially right here on CBS, where you just explained it to it All, <laughs> all right.
1: Or the over explain of the week. (laughs) (laughs) Elle realizes, of course, that Gideon already knew all this and already figured this all out. So (laughs) she was sort of catching up to him.
0: Yeah. And she's new to the team. I think it's a good way of. It does show a good interaction between them because Gideon doesn't tell her. He has her ask the questions and reveals it to her. So I, I actually do like Gideon El, and L's interaction. I think he does a good job of teaching everybody on the team. I, I, he's really good
1: at his job. I agree. Uh, cocky Doc walks in.
0: What a douche.
1: And as douche. smugly douche. as you can, hands Gideon a little baggie that has the bullet no, in it. No, he doesn't hand it to him. Well, that's true. He handing it to him would be like, he just
0: drops it. it on the table, like mic drop on the table. <laughs> on the table. Your damn bullet. Yeah.
1: And he starts to just he turns around and starts to walk out, and Gideon is like, yo, yo, wait. H- how is the patient? Mr. Middleton. And uh Cocky Doc turns around and says the patient will make a full recovery like I said he would. <laughs> neater, neater, neater. And gives, uh, a little, gives a little hot hot wink to L. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh as I yeah, I said as he turns to walk out, he also turns El, El's stomach uh, nice. <laughs> with his little sexy wink that he tries to give her. <laughs> Boy, and, are uh, you
0: barking up the wrong tree. <laughs>
1: yeah, even uh, even JJ gives a little bemused glance before uh, going into her next little speech, which uh, basically actually Gideon asks her to call Hotch and let him know they're going to get the the bullet to Garcia plus he wants uh, him to be filled in on the changing shifts theory.
0: Yeah, and this 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 is uh, you know, we're still early in the series and everything, but it it's it's just a weird thing because how long does this case take versus getting the bullet to Garcia is going to take some time and running the lab is going to take some time and it never seems to correlate to the amount of time that we see on screen like always things happen a lot faster because we needed to for television so i don't know why they just can't say we'll just analyze it in the crime lab here or you know garcia shouldn't enter into this you know
1: computer files sure but not an actual bullet yeah uh, is ballistics even her thing did we establish that
0: look there's nothing garcia can't do all right garcia (laughs) is listen she knows she can get it done
1: Oh, no, she's Landman. Oh, no. (laughs) Speaking of Garcia, we uh, go back to the police station and and Morgan's phone rings and he says hello. And we cut to an extreme close up of a woman's mouth, uh, heavy red lipstick. And she's saying in her sexy voice, isn't this spooky? Morgan's like, what? She says, right now, you were thinking about me. And out of the blue, your phone rings. And it's me. How's that for a spiritual connection? (laughs) So obviously the camera pulls out and it's Garcia, which we already knew. And, and Morgan's like, uh, do I know you? <laughs> <laughs> and Garcia's like, why do you hurt me?
0: Oh, the banter's awesome here. They're, the two of them are awesome. I mean, you know, uh, wh- were you expecting girl six? <laughs> That's
1: another <laughs> Lee joint. Yo. <laughs> Yo. Anyway, Morgan asks if she's uh, nailed down a geographic profile on the guy. Garcia says she'll give him the good news first, which isn't that good, but it's better than the bad news. We don't get to hear that right away. We cut instead to Hotch and Reed, who are telling Detective Calvin they think that their unsub is familiar with law enforcement procedures. And uh, Reed asks her how far was the second shooting out of her jurisdiction. She says about a sixth of a mile. Why? And I don't know. I feel like she had that distance distance. A sixth of a mile seemed a little odd to me that someone would say. It's a little
0: odd, but, you know, it's a small number. (laughs) So that's the point that we know here. But I really like the captain. Finish the exchange because I thought the captain's delivery on this was awesome.
1: So Reed says if he knew how difficult it was for law enforcement agencies to interact with each other, he may have intentionally crossed jurisdiction lines. And at this point, it dawns on Calvin that they're saying the shooter is a cop. Hot says we're saying it's a possibility. Uh Calvin points out the unsub's behavior was also indicative that perhaps he was from the military and not a and cop when, like I am. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then that's when uh Morgan walks up and says he was probably a marine or a ranger or something like that with special training. Uh the bullet was a 223 fired from an M4 variant of the M16. And I'm like, okay, sure. And the T1000 was there. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: And the Big 20 uh, and other numbers as well.
1: <laughs> Reed lets us know all the services using M4, but this level of skill that the unsub had to have indicates definitely he had specialized training. And uh, if he had specialized training, he knows exactly what he's doing. He intended just to wound the victims. Garcia can't get a geographical profile without more data. Calvin asks Detective Calvin asks what kind of data, and Morgan says more crime scenes. And Hotch says that she's going to get him because this guy has something to prove. Did I miss the what you wanted me to mention? No, just, just the detective.
0: way the way she said, she doesn't just you know she's like y'all are saying he's a cop. <laughs> like, like, yeah, which is very like she. She doesn't need the over-explanation. She says, exactly, like, a lot of times the cops react as if they don't have any idea what these people are talking about. She, she just, right. she hears the innuendo and the insinuation there. She's like, y'all are saying, he- hey! <laughs> <laughs> she even wags her sunglasses. She even wags her sunglasses. Like, y'all are saying, he's a cop! Like, I, I just, I love that delivery. It was awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. So then we cut to a restaurant and there's a couple of... Uh, Eating. It's, it's outside seating. What? Remember and, when we uh, used to eat at restaurants? <laughs> that was a thing. Oh, um, yeah. dear. <laughs> we see this poor couple uh, eating, and as they're talking, we hear a silenced gunshot, and the the woman looks shocked. She says she doesn't feel good all of a sudden. They don't even realize what's happened. She stands up to go to the bathroom, for God's sake. Um, the husband's like you have something on your dress. What a what,
0: a, what an awful husband! I'm sorry. Like <laughs> it, it, she stands up, and I I realize that you're not expecting this sort of thing, but you know it's been in the news that there's a sniper. It has to have been on the news at this point, and there's clearly a bullet hole in her dress, and she's bleeding. Eh, honey have something on your dress.
1: Really? But of course, before it goes any further, chaos ensues because more now shots are ringing out and people are screaming and everybody seems to get what's going on.
0: Including the little girl with the pigtails who screams us uh, into the commercial break, <laughs> which is right. really really annoying. Uh, I will say here's I want I want us to focus on this. This is something that we I spoke about earlier with the one and the two then the three, and how many victims we're gonna have here? We see her get shot. We see two more people get shot. And then as we fade into commercial, we hear two more shots. After the third person is hit, we hear two more shots. And we already know that this guy is a sniper. He does not miss. He hits what he wants to hit. Okay? Let's just keep that in mind as we come back from the break for commercial. And we'll keep this going throughout the episode.
1: Uh, So we come back from break, and we're still at the restaurant later, which is now a crime scene with the evidence tags and the caution tape all about. And Elle and, and Gideon are there, and Elle is saying there were three more victims. Which means those last two shots apparently
0: didn't hit anybody. Okay, just putting a pin in it. We'll
1: get back to it. There were three more victims and they all had non-fatal wounds. Uh, And it's only been 48 hours since the last shooting. So this guy's amping up the timetable. Gideon is saying that all the attention that this is going to get makes him want to do this again and again. And things are going to get worse. It's time for the profile. So we cut to our typical police station scene scene. Uh, As JJ is announcing that this initial profile is not ready to be given to the media. In fact, releasing this profile prematurely can get people killed. Now, I figure since they are showing us this, AJ, that profile is going to get released prematurely. (laughs) Yeah. I don't recall them showing us uh, something similar to that. Before. Uh, you know,
0: in retrospect, this entire episode has the worst foreshadowing <laughs> of all. And you have picked up on one of the more uh, subtle uh, but not so subtle uh, cases of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, JJ never delivers the profile. <laughs> but the fact that she's able to make that statement is like, wait, why is JJ talking? Oh, Okay. Uh yeah, indeed, <laughs> right. indeed. And now, you know, normally it's been Gideon who's who's done the dosey-do with the with the video trickery, but oh, let's give it to Hotch this week, shall
1: we? <laughs> yeah, Hotch is going to take it. And so he goes into the description. We're looking for a 30 to 40-year-old male veteran. He's driving a car large enough to shoot from, but not so large that it was noticeable. Uh, probably like a customized sedan which would hide the shooter and the sound of the shot. Uh, Our unsub suffers from both narcissistic and paranoid personality disorders. He works out obsessively, and he is never without a weapon. He's self-centered and cannot empathize with others.
0: (laughs) We've never heard that word before. (laughs) Uh,
1: He's uh, also incapable of admitting fault, he blames his shortcomings on those around him. He has no friends and his career history has been marked by frequent job changes. And then there's the bombshell announcement that this guy has an intimate knowledge of law enforcement. One of the other cops. <laughs> so you're saying he's one of us. <laughs> Hotch says we're saying he once was or now is a police officer. Uh, we see a one officer crack some kind of joke about if he's driving a white van or not. We see, we meet the sergeant, (laughs) Sergeant uh, Weigert, who says, uh, hey, enough with the jokes. And then he uh, ushers the team into his office to talk. And uh, you're right, because Hotch is there, Sergeant Weigert is there. But also, what about Detective Calvin, who's really...
0: It seemed that she was in charge of the investigation, but she's not really in charge. Maybe Weigert's in charge, but it just it's just the whole pecking order there just doesn't seem to make sense there like we don't we don't need both of them we really
1: don't well, but I do like we have like one cop that we kind of like and sort of side with and and one cop who's kind of the aggressive type a personality cop you know? sure
0: and and I get the fact i mean I've seen enough cop shows I know that you know this is this is a death sergeant and there's this is, this is one who works there and assigns the detectives and she's probably the lead detective on the case. And, you know, I get that it's just it's just out of whack with the usual authority uh, balance that we see on this show. That, that's all. It's a little bit you – know, Agreed. Yeah. What we don't know, however, with all the empathy and all that in the profiles, we don't know if the unsub likes chocolate. Cause that's definitely <laughs> the most important question we've learned that you need in these interrogations,
1: right? If you don't ask that, you're not going to solve the case. I do as well. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Hotch is telling the sergeant that they would like to reenact the uh, the shooting in the park to try to understand the N-sub's MO. How does he get there? How does he yeah. leave?
0: Screw all the cops that are collecting evidence at the cafe crime scene. <laughs> yeah. No,
1: that, that, that wasn't interesting for us. We want to do the park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, the sergeant says, OK, let's do it. Later, Gideon is working, and Reed comes up to him, and and Gideon asks him how he's holding up. (laughs) Reed says, look at me. Without a gun on my belt, I look like a teacher's assistant. And AJ, I kind of think even with a gun on his belt, he (laughs) looks like a teacher's assistant. But
0: okay. Actually, he doesn't look like a teacher's assistant. He looks like a student in the class being taught by
1: the teacher's assistant. (laughs) Ever perceptive, Gideon says that he's not worried about how he looks. Uh, So... Reed then goes and asks him about what he told Hotch—the whole thing about how he didn't need a gun to kill someone—and uh, Gideon gets to speechify that the only truly effective weapon is that we have is our ability to do the one thing that they can't: empathize. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs>
0: Uh, uh, Once again, we emphasize the empathize.
1: <laughs> Gideon doesn't particularly care if Reed carries a gun or not. The deadliest weapon they have is a thorough and accurate profile. And Reed is like, Well, that's easy for you to say. And, and Gideon seems a little ticked off at this as he says, uh, Hey, the footpath killer had a shotgun to my head. I'm here. He's not. He stalks off. And may I just say,
0: what a brilliant display of empathy Gideon shows here. <laughs> <laughs> By not understanding what Reed's going through and storming off after yelling at him. I mean, bravo. Yeah. You use your weapons
1: very well. <laughs> Jeez Louise. And scene. <laughs> <laughs> we go next back to Franklin Park where oh, various oh, officers- We
0: don't go to Franklin pa- Park. We dissolve from Reed's head- into an orange cone and so Ree's head turns into a cone head making him a dunce I mean come on that's not fair
1: <laughs> you know I didn't pick up on that but that is they don't they don't treat my boy right sometimes <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> so the various officers and agents and everybody's there role playing the uh different people that were in the park that day and Hotch is on a walkie-talkie telling everyone what to do, where to go, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, meanwhile, Gideon, Detective Calvin, and Sergeant Weigert Wiegert, are observing the uh, reenactment on monitors from a command truck. And they determined that uh, our, our, our victim, who I believe was the football father, whose name is Jerry Middleton, uh, he couldn't have seen the vehicle from where he was because trees blocked his view. Then we have our kite flyer, Tim Riley. Reed says, actually, he could have seen the vehicle if he looked down from his kite. So they have the cop who is playing the unsub open the trunk of the car to see if Reed can see him. But Reed can't actually see him. Oh, there
0: goes that theory. Yeah.
1: Dunce. (laughs) (laughs) JJ actually is also in the command truck and she's watching the news. That's her job. And she alerts the others that there is a news report coming in. It's the information that it might have been a cop. This has been leaked to the news.
0: Yeah, and again, this is this is fine, except she, you know, the special report starts and before the guy even says anything that's interesting, she's like, Guys, you've gotta see this. Like, you hadn't done anything yet. It, what? He's delivering the lottery numbers. You don't know what he's about to say. <laughs> it's just so frustrating that they do that yes. TV thing.
1: J.J. asks Weigert, who could have leaked? I'm going to pronounce it differently every time, just so you know. Yeah,
0: weigert, 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 weigert. (laughs) Uh,
1: J.J. asks him, who could have leaked this? The only people that knew about the profile were his people. And why would they do it since it implicates them? Detective Calvin basically asks the same question. (laughs) And uh, why would a cop do this?
0: Over explanation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Gideon says, well, what does he get out of it? And J.J. is the one who says, oh, contact, contact with the media. And Gideon says, well, cop that leaked this story is a good suspect. This could be his sick way of keeping the story alive. So then we cut to the crew from the command truck accosting the reporter who was actually right there in front of the park. And J.J. (laughs) demands to know his source. He puts up, the reporter puts up a little weak fight about knowing his rights uh, they immediately start to cuff him, and J.J. tells him, since they're considering these crimes an act of terrorism, they can detain him as long as they want to under the Patriot Act. And our, our reporter folds like origami, A.J.
0: Oh, the the fine, fine legacy of the Bush administration. Yay, the Patriot <laughs> Act. <laughs> <laughs> uh, indeed, yeah. I'll never reveal my source, Joe. <laughs> well, I'll tell you exactly who it is. <laughs> I actually don't know who he is. I only have his cell number. New phone who dis?
1: (laughs) Uh, Gideon, uh, I don't know who he's talking to at this point, but he says, hey, we got a lead into a phone. (laughs) Okay. So we cut to Garcia. She's answering a call with Rainmaker. How wet do you want it? Oh, right. All right. Except, oh, no, it's not Morgan. No. (laughs) No, I know. Do we have a list of all of her, her clever uh, oh, no. phone the, the, answerings?
0: You 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 think you have nine pages? Yeah, you have nine pages of notes? Come on, man.
1: <laughs> so yeah, unfortunately it's not Morgan, so this innuendo is not gonna work at all because it's Hotch.
0: But but gotta give Hodge Hotch, <laughs> Hotch does not break a second it it shows Hotch knows this is going on between her and Morgan and he doesn't care. It's just like whatever. Uh you know, to trace the skull. <laughs> yeah, trace this <laughs> call.
1: Of course. You know, Garcia can do it. And she can actually tell them the current location if they call the number. Turns out the number belongs to a batch of numbers that were all assigned to the Des Plaines Police Department. And the cell phone is currently at Franklin Park. He's in the house. (laughs) Uh, When a stranger calls. So Hotch tells Calvin he's here. And then we see another crosshairs targeting the various members of the BAU team in the park. Garcia, at this point, finally comes up with the name. Finally, you know, it's like a minute later, but. uh, It's for drama's sake.
0: She probably had it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's one uh, Scott McCarty, which Hotch tells Calvin and Calvin says, well, he's the unsub. Hotch thinks this is like a question, but no, she means that McCarty is the one in the car car trunk playing the unsub. I mean, I love
0: how this develops all of a sudden into an evident Costello routine. (laughs) <laughs> McCarty is the unsub, yes, McCarty is the unsub. No, McCarty's the unsub. Yes, he's the unsub. Second base. Third base. What? <laughs> Who? I don't know. Yeah, I was like, no, Hutch. McCarty is the one playing <laughs> the unsub. Oh, McCarty's the unsub, yes!
1: <laughs> <laughs> so they go to Sergeant Wigert and <laughs> Say that it's McCarty. He doesn't seem too surprised at this. And he orders the uh, SWAT team to the parking lot and to come in heavy. Thought it was a little bit overkill here. Hotch is like, hey, we didn't say he was the shooter. Why don't we just call him on the radio and and ask him to come to us? Weigert isn't going to risk it. He doesn't want anyone to harm his men at all. This guy has already been a problem. We're going to come in heavy and we're going to take him clean. We see our crosshairs again lined up on L, then they switch targets to J.J. and Gideon who are walking along. And Gideon
0: uh, Gideon, at this point, I got to say, again, great acting by Manny Patinkin because he is talking to J.J. and he is like emphasizing, you don't hear what he's saying, but he's just I don't I doing, and this, and this, like, he's still Gideon in this in this moment of clearly B-roll footage. It's awesome. You
1: right. <laughs> see McCarty in the trunk who, who grabs his walkie-talkie. He's like, guys, what's going on? Because- no one is really talking to him, and then uh, we cut to the see the SWAT team sneaking up on the car. Eventually, they drop a little smoke bomb, order McCarty out of the trunk. He seems really confused <laughs> as to what's going on. He gets out of the trunk is an immediately cuffed. And as the cops are leading him away, Whoa, can I know. Let's hold that cliffhanger. Uh, you missed the, you miss the exciting part when
0: when Reed gets tackled by Morgan. <laughs> Because Reed has no oh, idea yes. what's going on, <laughs> he's out there in the field. No one told Reed that they were about to attack the sniper, uh, the potential sniper in the trunk, and he's just walking around. And Morgan just full on tackles him, like "Get down, get out down!" Of the blue.
1: <laughs> yes, I, I, I did, uh, I, 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 I did uh, notice that. I didn't write it down. Big but brother yeah, protecting was his
0: little brother, but a little too hard as usual. <laughs> All right, now they take him out the trunk, and he's being led away in the cuffs, and clearly he's going to have some splaining to do, but he ain't never going to splain.
1: No, because shot rings out AJ and hits McCarty right in the head. We see a weapon being pulled into another trunk nearby as chaos engulfs the park. People are shouting, get down, et cetera, et cetera, And I we cut away and our next scene is later. And I'm like, they didn't even seem to really look for the car, the other shooter. Did you feel like that? Or
0: You know, I, I, I agree that there's probably not a lot of cars in the area. You could probably do a retrace right then and there. And if you suddenly hear a car peel out, you know that that's probably the guy. Uh, right? Really? Yeah. Well, you know, they got to use their empathy to solve this case, not, not investigation. <laughs>
1: so anyway we do cut to later on at the police hq and jj is there asking calvin why why mccarty was playing the unsub and uh calvin says well it was punishment from Weigert for uh for him cracking jokes at the profile because he was the one that was cracking the little made the little in a white van remark um, so that his punishment would be getting stuck all day in the trunk playing the unsub.
0: Well, he's not going to be going home in a white van. He's going to be going home in a black limo. <laughs> That'll teach him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> JJ asks how the unsub could know about the reenactment in that case, and but Morgan is like, come on, cops talk. He would definitely hear about this. They figure out that the unsub has escalated from shooting random civilians to executing a police officer. He didn't pick McCarty at random, and he didn't take the gut shot. He clearly wants to send a message, AJ. Nobody takes credit for his work. His ego would not allow that.
0: Fair, fair. Because this man does not miss. This man does not miss. More on that later.
1: (laughs) L says, we still don't know why he wounds his victims. And Gideon says, we know if the unsub has no contact with his victims, he will contact the media. And L says, but he hasn't contacted the media.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which means he has contact with his victims, L. And there's really only one place that that can sort of At happen. At the ice cream parlor. Uh, exactly. <laughs> no, AJ. Oh, that makes me want ice cream.
0: <laughs> chocolate? Uh, Do you like chocolate? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Morgan was uh, on the phone. And at this point, he gets off the phone and he was talking to Garcia. And she's nailed down the geographic profile. The crime sin- scenes are centered on two separate locations. And Hotch says, the hospitals. In
0: other words, yeah, thanks, Garcia. We don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> we already had that figured out, but yeah. thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The hospitals it is. Well, hey, we know a hospital.
1: Oh, yeah, we do. And uh, as we're driving to that hospital, Gideon, who is with uh, Detective Calvin, tells her that this is clearly now a case of hero homicide. Reed is there in the backseat, and he goes into detail about a similar case where apparently a guy was killing people, uh, Was what was poisoning, and then trying to— Save them. Trying so to to speak. Save
0: them and and uh you should, oh I never heard of this guy. And uh, I mean, if, if he was trying to save these people, how come how come so many people died?
1: Yeah. Twenty-five people. <laughs> uh because he was bad
0: at it. <laughs> I love it. That was just a great, great little comedy moment. Absolutely. He wasn't very good at it. <laughs> well, <okay. laughs>
1: so yeah, basically the point it, hero homicide is someone who wounds people that they so they can be seen as a hero. Yeah, when they probably in
0: the, in the uh, Munchausen by proxy family of mental disorders.
1: There you go. Uh, Calvin says, "So, what's the profile for someone like this?" And uh, Gideon says, "Arrogant, conceited, feels superior to everyone around them. Likes to throw things around in baggies." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Detective Calvin is all well. You've just described every surgeon I've ever met which somehow just now reminds Gideon that we've talked to just such a surgeon, uh, Dr. Landman. Got uh, Doc. We're then back at the hospital. The team is in a conference room and uh, Morgan receives a fax from Garcia, which is updating them on Landman. Turns out, Cocky Doc was uh, army. He was a surgeon with special forces. Gideon asks if uh, landman was under any sort of special strain or anything going on with him lately. The hospital lady says, well, he was just passed over for chief of surgery. And Gideon's like, let's get a warrant for his house. <laughs> Gideon goes to confront Cocky Doc and, uh, Cocky Doc says he's very busy, and he suggests Gideon make an appointment. And,
0: uh, <laughs> oh, what a jerk! Yeah, uh,
1: is, Mr. Giamatti, if his job was to make you believe this guy was a jerk, he succeeded uh, quite Indeed. well.
0: Although he, although the next exchange is one of my favorite of the episode because he's got a very good point with his next exchange. When Gideon basically uh, all but says he's a suspect, like, where were you and what were you doing? He's like, oh, I'm a suspect. That's disconcerting. I heard what happened to your last suspect. Right. <laughs> Definitely.
1: <laughs> good line. Still a jerk, but a good line. <laughs> that, that was a good line. Gideon tells him about the hero homicide theory and, and Landman says, so I would I be less of a suspect if I actually let my patients die? and Gideon says absolutely <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: no this this is part of the staging of this whole scene i just i didn't understand you know you're saying there's some interesting choices in the direction here but this is the part i didn't get at all is that outside of the window of the room that the this interrogation is going on l hotch reed and jj are watching the interrogation and they'll cut to their conversation and then back to the room where you see them through the window watching the interrogation. It's just its just a weird choice to, to have these two scenes going on simultaneously and watching each other. I, I didn't get the I actually
1: here. had the same feeling and uh, maybe I'll take back some of my Ernest Dickerson stock, <laughs> my points that I was uh, giving him for this uh, episode. But uh, I still – well, I'll, I'll get into that later. I in the, in our finishing thoughts, um, but, uh, finishing thoughts, finishing thoughts, finishing, finishing thoughts. thoughts. Finishing anyway, Hotch uh, walks up to JJ Reed and L outside of the room, like you said, and, uh, Hotch says they got nothing from the car. It's a two seater red Maserati, of course. Uh, oh. <laughs> so if he's the shooter, he's must have another car because it wasn't that car. Go back yeah. into the room And they spar, Gideon and Landman spar a little bit about Landman's ego and start bringing in like a God complex thing about the whole thing. Landman basically confirms it. And he also happens to have an alibi for the time that the cop was shot. He was in the lab with Dr. Hannah Pate, who also thinks that he's a God.
0: Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I think we know what he's implying there. (laughs)
1: she's uh she's in the er right now just go ask her hotch and reed hear this so i guess it's not a soundproof window
0: (laughs) well well, again also it should be soundproof it really should be but clearly it's not yeah because oh, let's get to the er he just just, just, let's check out that alibi like really
1: hotch (laughs) thinks that dr pate is going to indeed corroborate landman's alibi they get to the er and they ask what looks like a lab tech or a, uh something like something that, like that yeah. he uh asks they ask him to fetch dr pate guy says yes sir i'll go find her for you hey, aj this actor is also a familiar face to me <laughs> This was at the this most-
0: point of the episode, at this point of the episode, you see the familiar face. I think you're able to put two and two together and say yes. this is probably someone we're looking for.
1: <laughs> I just keep bringing these up because since the first episode, we really haven't had that many familiar faces, and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. this episode seemed chock full of them to me. Uh, this particular actor was uh, Timothy Amundsen. He's from the show mm-hmm. Psych. I recognized yes. him from, um, and he's been also in a lot of other stuff. Been around for a while. Of course, him being that actor, it's probably not really relevant to to the rest of the show. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah, all good. Anyway, all good. Hacha is trying to explain to Reed that Landman gets a type of respect and he doesn't really fit into their hero homicide profile. They finally figure that it could be one of the ER personnel who also happened to work the same 24-hour shift that the police work. They would also have contact with victims, with the victims in the ER. Hotch uh, starts to make a call, but another nurse tells him he can't use his cell phone in the hospital. Uh, he walks over.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm just like, this, this is like, how much of 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 uh, a nosy neighbor attitude, or just like, what kind of a ER room? <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> he, he, the phone goes beep. You can't use your cell phone in here, sir. Yeah. It's like, it was like on a dime, she hears the one little, it's not like he was talking and like, oh, no, no, you can't use your cell phone in here. Like, he just basically opened the flip phone. You can't use your cell phone in here, sir. Yeah. She was all over it. Him. Was in, it was insane. However, this is why I love Hotch. Because in that split second, instead of getting angry, he then goes, oh, this is the type of woman who's going to notice everything in this ER. I'm going to ask her if she knows who the unsub is. Exactly. It's fantastic FBI work by Hodge. I'm, That's I'm, why he's I'm the man. i
1: agreeing with you, AJ. He's definitely the man. He walks over to the nurse, points out that he's FBI, and guess what? We think one of your staff members is the sniper. The man they're looking for works the second shift. He's going to have been a recent transfer from Arlington, which I'm assuming is another hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, the nurse says they haven't had any new hires for two months. Uh, we cut back to Gideon coming out of the, his uh, interview with Cocky Doc. And uh, he tells JJ and L that this guy's a jerk, basically, but he's not our jerk. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Cut. I mean, he is our jerk. Right. <laughs>
1: he's he's our been jerk, our
0: jerk. But he's not he's a just our not. Jerk. He's not our killer. Yeah, exactly. Yes.
1: Then cut to a massive group of cops that are walking down the hospital corridor and they pass our, uh, our guy, Tim Amundsen, from before. Uh, he's nervously eyeing the large police presence. He looks down another hallway, sees more cops. So he uh, hightails it to his uh, locker and he pulls out the biggest bag from this locker <laughs> and he starts to change and we notice he has a uh, Army Rangers tattoo on his arm.
0: Indeed, which was one of the two potential military operations we were told that this guy is definitely a part of. So well done on the continuity there. <laughs> yes,
1: uh, we cut back to Hotch and the nurse. Uh, Hotch, Hotch is describing them. I'm going to say Hotch wrong every time as well.
0: It's pronounced it's, Weigert.
1: <laughs> Hotch. <laughs> uh, Hotch starts describing the profile. This guy is in his 30s. He's vain. Rude, arrogant, works out, shows up to work late, blames others for his mistakes, doesn't take responsibility for his behavior. All of his coworkers detest him, and and I love the nurses like, oh, that's Philip Dowd. <laughs> like immediately no that she knows who this is. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. actually, she's more like, oh my god, <laughs> that's Philip town Yeah,
0: yeah. It Was it wasn't happy? A ding! I'd like to buzz in. Can I? Can I double? Can I use my double here? <laughs>
1: <laughs> she also mentions that this guy picks up shifts at Arlington. So it makes sense. Uh, Hotch asks if he's here today and the nurse is starting to panic a little bit. And Hotch is like, OK, OK, OK. Your patients need you to be calm, which I, I love that tactic. That's a great way to like sort of diffuse her her rising panic there.
0: Yeah. Although, although he should also tell her now look around the room, but don't draw attention to the fact you're looking around the room, because she starts whipping her head around that if, <laughs> if he had been in the room, he would have known damn sure that she was looking for him. That's a
1: good point. She uh, does indicate that he's not in the immediate area, so Hotch tells Reed to go tell Gideon what's going on, and, and Reed takes off. At a fast pace, Hotch tells him, easy, 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 and he Reed slows his pace immediately, but he's walking past... Uh, our boy Philip Dowd, actually, who out of nowhere comes past him and clocks him in the head with his M four. I'm assuming that's an M four. I'm guessing AJ. Don't kill me if I'm wrong.
0: Uh, no, don't trust me. I'm not, I'm not uh, exactly the <laughs> uh, ballistics expert here. Uh, but man, it's not. It's not been Reed's day at all. Um, no. But I, I just got to say, at this point, Reed's going to be unconscious for about three weeks, isn't
1: he? <laughs> Yeah, I mean he's taken a lot of punishment today. He's been tackled by a huge dude and then He's been uh, insulted by Gideon. <laughs> yes.
0: His feelings have been hurt. His head No, I, I just think like, like he I mean he wails that gun across his head. He's gotta be out for a week. Reed's like weighs ninety eight nothing. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh so at this point, uh Philip Dowd takes a security guard hostage, starts shooting out the lights, panic ensues in the hospital. Things are going on. Hotch has got his uh, gun drawn, but Dowd says, Hey man, this better be a headshot you're about to take because my gun is on full auto. And if it's anything less, I'm going to be going down squeezing the trigger. So that convinces Hotch to put down the gun. Dowd, Dowd retrieves it. Reed is up at this point. <laughs> Which makes no sense, but all right, we'll go with it. He, uh, so Dowd orders Reed to go over to Hotch and uh, tells Hotch to get Reed's gun. And Hotch says, Well, Reed is not armed. Uh Dowd confirms this, and then he tells the security guard, Keith. <laughs> I, I
0: do like he- that. that as a nice touch, because he knows Keith. He works there. Yeah. It's, it's he Keith. knows It's Keith. his
1: buddy, Keith. But, you know, it would have been nicer for Keith if he could have got a line, so he could have got paid. But <laughs> Keith didn't get to say anything. Uh, he told, Dowd tells Keith to uh, use some zip ties that he has and, and tie up their hands and then tie his own hands up. If I were Keith, I would have had some smart-ass comment to make. But no, I don't get to say anything. Nope. Before, before I can say anything, Dowd uh, knocks me unconscious.
0: Okay, so you saw Keith. Keith was not a small man. Yeah. Keith gets hit. He's out. He's, he's he ain't coming out. back. Reed, however, because he's one of the cast, he jumped right back off. It makes no yeah. sense.
1: Uh, so now Dowd, uh, he wants to know what kind of FBI agent doesn't carry a gun. And Reed says, I'm a profiler. Dowd is all a profiler. They sent you down here to figure me out. And Reed's kind of smartass at this point. He says, "Uh, we did. That's how we found you. (laughs) And Hotch at this point, AJ, he seems to be acting a little bit out of character. He's he's like, shut up, Reed. And uh, Dowd says, no, don't shut up. Tell me what you think you know about me. And Hotch is like, go ahead, genius. Tell him, tell him. But if you get it wrong, he's going to kill you.
0: Yeah, all right. I like this new Hotch. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's it's out of character for him. It, it is seems. out of character. What's that about? Yeah. <laughs> Down says to Hotch, uh, you're the boss. You tell me what, what it is, the profile on me. Hotch says, I know you shot 11 people. 11, uh, how many? How many? 11 people.
0: 11, people. 11, 11 people. people. So one
1: plus
0: two plus three, six coming in, right? Yeah. Three at the cafe, I thought. Right. But I heard those two extra shots. Correct. Which means it was five at the cafe because we're up to eleven. Cause he said eleven and the cop. And the cop, yeah. It must have been five, not three. Am I right? I think he didn't you're shoot right. Any I... anybody in between there.
1: Yeah. Maybe I he did... shot maybe I... I... he shot two of them twice. No, because Hotch just told us he shot 11 people. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're right. There's no, there's no,
0: you're right. There's no. And if he's wrong, this guy's going to shoot him, right? That is right. And
1: this guy is an expert. All right. Well, hold that thought. Okay. Uh, So now doubt is like, uh, yeah, what else do you know, uh, smarty pants? We cut to another area of the hospital where Sergeant Weigert's uh, SWAT team is getting geared <laughs> up. And uh, we see Morgan telling Gideon what they know about Dowd. He's joined the army at age 18. He went to ranger school. He did six years in there, but then he got a dishonorable discharge for conduct unbecoming.
0: I uh, have a question for you here, Kintan. Yeah. Morgan is holding an FBI file on this guy. Where did it come from? Where did he get an FBI file on this guy? Who they only just recently discovered who it is. They haven't left the hospital. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't have it when Morgan, when uh, Hotch and Reed went into the ER. Now he's got an FBI file on this guy. Again, I'm fine if if Garcia calls him up or faxes him or you know what's up. He has an FBI file dossier on this unsub.
1: They had it messengered over from the <laughs> local FBI office. No, it doesn't make any sense. It makes
0: no sense. None. None. Information's fine, but he would not have an FBI file already opened on this guy. And I know it's an FBI file because later later in the episode you'll see a shot of it close up. And it's yes. Yeah. Uh
1: well maybe he was told to create a file. <laughs> no, it doesn't make any sense. Make no I sense. I can't I can't justify it. I was trying. Please, we know he needs to be
0: tasered to do any work, and then he's going to get half of it down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So we find out that uh, after getting kicked out of the uh, Rangers, he worked at uh, the Arlington Police Department for nine months. But then he got let-, let go from that job because he lied about getting his discharge. He then went into nursing after that, and he's been bouncing from hospital to hospital ever since. Now we cut back to Hotch, who is telling Dowd all the things that he wants to hear. He's saying, I know you're the smartest guy in every room you've ever been in. I know people try to sabotage you. I know you're not a bad person. You help save your victims after after the, the crime. The first guy wasn't even your fault. If the EMTs had been in there on time, he would have lived. Dowd is like, yeah, it took the EMTs 13 minutes to arrive. 13 minutes! <laughs> god damn it <laughs> and then Hotch suggests that maybe he should uh, barricade the door in fact uh, let him and the kid do it then let the people out there see you've got two FBI agents doing your bidding and at first Doubt is like yeah so you can give them some kind of signal and Hotch is like they knew you were in here and they know you're armed so what can I tell them Dowd aims his gun at them and wonders if this is some kind of profiler trick he thinks for a minute and then says, hey, you know, the barricade's a good idea. Dowd says that Hotch says they knew he was in there. And Hotch is like, no, I said they know you're in there. And Dowd says, no, that's not what you said. <laughs> and Reed is, uh, like I'm saying at this point, Reed says the same thing. Um, what does this matter? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Doubt says, it matters because your man here wants to help me, and he doesn't even know it. He says, "Uh, go ahead, boss man, you tell him. And if you lie or leave anything out, pop. Meaning he's going to shoot. Yes. (laughs) Not that he's
0: going to get him a soda because this is the Midwest. I (laughs) got you.
1: Reed looks at Hotch, and Hotch says they knew he was in there. They knew he was armed. And they knew he was he was going to fight until the last round. And then they sent me in here with some unarmed kid who can't shoot his way out of a paper bag. And Rita's looking at him like, yo, um, I thought you Doud liked
0: is, me. I thought you liked me.
1: <laughs> Dowd is is going along with this whole thing. He's digging it. He says, yeah, they set you up. And Hotch says, yeah, and they're probably laughing about it out there right now. Dowd says, and that's why you want to help me. Hotch He's playing it good here. He says, "I I wouldn't say I want to help you, but when they come in here to get revenge for the sh- cop that you killed, uh, you're gonna go down fighting, and in the crossfire, a lot of us are gonna die." They sent me in here, so I figure why make it easy for them? And Dowd looks intrigued at this. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: join the dark side. <laughs> uh,
1: we cut back to the SWAT corridor and Gideon is trying to get Weigert to <laughs> give his men some time to fix the situation before storming in there, and uh, Sergeant Weigert isn't having it. Uh, Dowd shot 10 people, he says,
0: mm. and
1: killed a cop. 10 people, you say? Well, is it
0: 9, is it 10, or is it 11? Hmm, you think they'd know how many victims there were. <laughs> Yeah,
1: that's interesting. I they mean, it have...
0: doesn't take much to. This is a script. This isn't real life where people can make mistakes. This is a script.
1: Yeah. Uh, somebody, maybe, maybe Ernest Deckerson, could have caught this. <laughs> I'm just saying. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Uh, <laughs> Mm-mm-mm. uh, Gideon says uh, basically that uh, Wagert is uh, playing into what the Unsub wants. You're becoming the villain in his hero fantasy. And Weigert wants to know how his unnamed these his unarmed men are gonna be able to stop this guy, and Gideon says they're not unarmed. they have his profile. they understand him
0: <laughs> weak weak argument, Gideon
1: <laughs> yeah, Weigert uh, thinks it over, and he gives Gideon's men a generous three whole minutes. Ooh, wow, thanks, to thanks stop that.
0: Ooh, three whole minutes. Yeah, well, my guys still have to tie their shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Oof,
1: oof. After that three minutes, his guys are going in. So we cut back to Hotch, who's uh, telling him, hey, did you know why they took away a boy genius's gun here? Uh, Because he failed his qualification. And twice a year, I have to listen to him whine about re-qualifying. And so I tutor him, and then he fails again. Doubt is, like, commiserating with him at this point. He's like, you think you got it, rough? <laughs> These people here have done nothing but undermine me since I got here. Hotch says, uh, why don't you put them next to the barricade? That way, when they blast in here, uh, they can take care of, of both of our problems. Because, you know, that sort of thing can ruin a cop's career. And Doubt is like, oh, yeah, you are one sick dude. I like it. Hotch says, well, how do you think I found you?
0: Oh, and, uh, damn. He did it. He yeah.
1: did it. <laughs> Dowd looks quite appreciative at this. Next, we're at back with the SWAT team in the hall. And three minutes is already up. <laughs> Apparently. A quick three minutes. Um, Weigert reads readies the team for his uh, assault. And then the BAU team is just kind of standing there <laughs> looking chagrined. Yeah, L
0: is just shaking her head very angrily. Men. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh Back in the room, uh, we see that uh, Hotch is going to ask Dowd for a favor. He figures that his chances for making out out alive are slim to none. So why don't you let me kick around the kid for a little bit, basically?
0: <laughs> yeah, I just want to kick the snot out of him. No big deal.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's been a thorn in my side for three lousy years. And uh, Dowd is like, hey, go ahead and knock yourself out. We do cut away for a moment to the SWAT team running up the stairs. I didn't realize they were downstairs this whole time, but.
0: Eh, yeah, maybe they weren't. You know, maybe they were actually on the fifth floor. Or maybe it was the fourth floor. Or maybe the third floor. Numbers don't matter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we cut back to Shoe who is indeed kicking this knot out of Reed, uh, asking him how smart he is now. Uh, he says, front sight, kick. Trigger press, kick. Follow through, kick. He says, no. Was that hard? Kick. A Dalmatian could do it. Kick. What? <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: yeah, uh, okay. I, I, I don't know. I, I a Dalmatian? Do... Well, you see, what you don't understand is that even Hotch understands that uh, Dalmatian refers to 101 Dalmatians, and that is a binary code, you see, for he killed 11 people, not 10, <laughs> you dumbasses.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean- I might have gone with uh, something in the primate family rather than a Dalmatian <laughs> in, in terms of it, what fair, could fair, do. Fair, fair, Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, Dowd is uh, asking if Hotch uh, feels better now. Uh, I did forget to mention that Reed was grabbing at Hotch's leg. He Hotch is. says, screaming, get off, get off. And then we cut once again to the SWAT team right outside the door now, and they're prepping to do the breach. Dowd asks Hotch if he feels better. Hotch says, yeah, I think he got the message. Uh, <laughs> I think he got the message. You got the message, right, Reed? But Dowd unfortunately, smiled. Hotch
0: has knocked him unconscious. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right? He, he kicked him so hard. Uh, all of his wounds finally caught up with him. No, uh, Dowd star- stares, uh, starts to realize when he glances down, that Hotch has an ankle holster and it's empty. And he ha- he's asking what that is. And then we got to cut back to SWAT, starting their countdown. We go in five, four, and then uh, cut back. Dowd is realized something is afoot, and he starts to aim his weapon at Hotch. And Reed turns around on the ground and shoots a perfect shot, hitting uh, Dowd right in the center of his forehead. Goodbye, Dowd. Reed is our hero.
0: Reed saves the day. And now we get more ridiculousness as the SWAT team go, go, go now. And from inside, Hotch, federal agents, (laughs) hold your fire. And they do, they stop immediately. I mean, come on.
1: Now, I, I know they knew that there were agents in there, but I still think they w- would have. I, I had the same thought on that scene, too. That could have been anybody in there yelling federal agent. You don't know what's but you going on. Huh? You could
0: have been, solved this so quickly, Is if Gideon had been standing there. That's Hotch. You know, right. I, I recognize his voice. It's not the unsung going, federal agent! <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but in any case... Uh, Hotch opens the door or they open the door and uh, Hotch says, everything's all clear in here. Uh, Gideon and and the team rush over to uh, go to them. And yes, Gideon puts down the folder that we saw before. And it indeed is the FBI folder, which is the case file for Mr. Dowd that soon somehow in the hospital. That didn't exist
0: before 15 minutes ago. Okay. Sure, whatever.
1: <laughs> so uh, anyway, we get the quote here. Actually, this is where they choose to put in the in-show uh, quote, and th- now the net Netflix caption says Gideon and says the quote. I'm pretty sure that was Hotch. Yeah, that the was quote. Hotch. Yeah, yeah. So bad Netflix. They, <laughs> they were they were just assuming that it was Gideon. Well, he's done um, a lot of them, <laughs> in fairness. Yeah, no fair. But at least know for sure before right, you. Right, absolutely. Um, anyway, so we say we hear uh, Hotch saying that Shakespeare wrote, "Nothing is so common as the wish to be remarkable."
0: I think that sums up read all episode, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> indeed, and the unsub indeed. too.
0: It's kind of a, a double-edged sword. There wants yeah. to be recognized and doesn't want to be treated like a, a baby and- I think that applies to both.
1: So we cut to the next scene and it's sort of the aftermath scene. And I don't really understand it because they were in a hospital (laughs) and now all of a sudden they're outside I guess maybe they're in the ambulance bay. I guess yeah, they, they I had to clear to make the
0: that leap. Yeah, the SWAT team was taking care of evidence and the. Yeah. Because,
1: but why is the body there? They're rolling the body past on a gurney at the because you
0: know it's a very fair point here that uh, they should have just lowered <laughs> it down to the morgue. They really shouldn't have to take it to a hospital outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, fair, fair. But anyway, yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. Fair. Uh, well, they have to take it to so, Arlington Hospital. <laughs> conflict okay. of interest. I don't know what it is, but there's a conflict of interest.
1: Okay. You know what? I'm going to buy that. That <laughs> actually makes more sense to me than what they gave us. But... <sighs> so uh, we see Hotch coming up to Reed, who's like sitting in at the edge of the back of the ambulance. And uh, he asks if Reed is all right. And, and Reed's like, yeah. And Hotch says, oh, nice shot. And Reed says he was aiming for his leg. <laughs> and this was great. I loved it. Do you think he was joking? I think he was joking. Oh, I think
0: he was joking. Even if he wasn't joking, I mean, he has to have been joking. But the smile on on Matthew Gray-Gubler's face as he's delivering this line, this must have been like take six or something. Like he knows this is a funny-ass line and he can't wait to deliver it. And it's still delightful.
1: (laughs) Yes, it is. But I don't think Hotch can tell if this was like a joke or not or or finding it delightful because he goes – Right away into, uh, you know, I wouldn't have kept kicking you, but I was afraid that you didn't get my plans, basically. Uh, And Reed says, I got the plan as soon as you made sure the hostages were out of the line of fire. Hotch says, well, I hope I didn't hurt you too badly. And Reed says, well, he was a 12-year-old prodigy in public Las Vegas high school. You kick like a nine-year-old girl. And AJ, my 2021 self, is saying... Just say a nine year old you don't have to say a nine year old girl
0: <laughs> this is true, this is very true, but uh you know different different times yeah. and, but no I agree with That's... you I agree with you there this this is this is very true uh uh one of those shows I don't watch, The Walking Dead, had an episode last night where <laughs> where the, you know he he accused him of uh screaming like a girl, and the only reason i I, I wasn't as offended by it is because it was so high pitched <laughs> <laughs> right it only could have been made by a young girl so i but you're right we we do need to we have enough misandry on this show with hell we, we, we need to yes. tone down on the misogyny absolutely
1: anyway he offers uh Hodge back his gun and Hotch is like no keep it as far as i'm concerned you've passed your qualification and i'm not certain that it works like
0: that <laughs> well he can sign off on anything he can say he tested them separately i'm sure field field uh sign off sure Look, he nailed that
1: shot. Okay. Yes. Under pressure. <laughs> he did. Full mark. Uh, I just feel like there's there's got to be some paperwork. Maybe they just don't <laughs> oh, you,
0: you you didn't see that he had he had the paperwork already filled out. Morgan was holding it. <laughs> Magical documents just appear whenever they need them.
1: Oh, that's convenient. <laughs> uh, so, uh Hutch walks away and uh Reed gets up and he's as he's trying to walk away. Morgan is all of a sudden there and he's like, "Hey, Reed, you all right?" And everybody keeps asking him this, but uh, he just Reed just sort of flips that whistle at him and keeps walking. And Morgan uh, delightfully says, "Touche, kid,"
0: yeah. like he
1: was Han Solo or somebody. Absolutely, no, it was good.
0: It was good. Uh, good reaction to being uh, punked back, as it were.
1: Uh, so now we're back on the jet headed home. Gideon again walks up to Reed and uh, he asks him how he's doing, and uh, Reed says, "You know, you were right. You don't need a gun to kill somebody." Gideon says, "No, you don't." Reed says, "But it helps." <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, Eddie Izzard.
0: <laughs> you, you're not gonna, you're not gonna kill too many people. Uh, boom, ratatat Boom, boom, ratatat
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. Reed says, uh, you know, he, does, he knows he should feel bad about what happened. Um, he killed a man. He should feel something, but he doesn't. And Gideon says wisely, uh, not knowing what you're feeling is not the same as not feeling anything. This is going to hit you. And when it does, there's only three facts you need to know. You did what you had to. A lot of good people are alive because of what you did. And he stops. And, and again, Reed says what we're all saying, which is like, and the third thing? Uh, Gideon says, I'm proud of you. Aww. Aww.
0: As the and As then, the James Blunt song that has been playing in the background swells to full volume. It's just tears
1: and rain. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I usually comment on the music, but I just was sort of, uh, eh. On that one.
0: You know, there are a couple. They don't tend to do what what what's known as the Allie McBeal ending, where it's just a montage of people yeah. walking at the end to some uh, song being sung by Vonda Shepard or somebody else. But uh, occasionally, there are episodes where they go for the uh, the montage or the uh, let's try and encapsulate the emotion of the episode. I don't like when they do it. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure that it needs it. But nonetheless it's still emotionally manipulative and you know it works
1: it works it worked on me i i mean i thought i uh i thought my feelings on this episode where i actually enjoyed it a lot um it wasn't my favorite episode so far, um, but it—I it, didn't think it was a bad episode at all. I really uh, enjoyed it. I liked overall. i liked
0: the story. I liked—I liked the characters that they brought into it. Like you know, even the fact that I hated the, the cocky doc. Like I—I I liked the fact that he was there for me to hate. I—I I, I loved you know the cop. She was sassy and she was she, she was yeah. like she's like cut to the chase. She's saying it's a cop, but uh you know <laughs> I, I, I voiced my problems with the script. <laughs> yep.
1: Let's uh, go on to our, our usual uh, little segments here, AJ. It's time once again to bring out the old barometer and let us know. what Do you think uh, they won the episode? The BAU is undefeated no more. This
0: is a loss. What? This is a loss. First of all, from the time they arrived... They spent so much time on that alternate crime scene, even after the new crime scene. I'm telling you, four to six people got wounded. (laughs) I don't know how many, (laughs) but between four and six people got wounded since they got there. And the only reason they didn't all die is because he was aiming for the gut on, on all but the police officer. And quite frankly, that SWAT team would have shot him. I mean the team would have gotten them if they were to the b a u did nothing here that profile did not help there's still a zero percent on that. They just got very fortunate at being at the right place at the right time for the wrong reasons. uh the unsub was killed, so good on your reed Reed gets a little gold star but as as a whole, this is the first loss for this team.
1: <laughs> i like it i uh I have to agree with you i I've thought of. Even though we didn't really like that cop, uh, he really should not have been killed. No, uh, not, at all. not at all. That should not have happened. Uh, so they have a loss. Our BAU team has a loss.
0: The 72 Dolphins can drink their champagne. <laughs> it will not be an undefeated season. <laughs> uh,
1: so, all right. Uh, also, no mention of the uh, Redskins game between JJ.
0: No, no. Well, Reed <laughs> had other things on his mind, to be honest.
1: And Reed, Yeah. What do we do after this, AJ? We do the little quiz we, yeah, thing, we right? go right? That's tr- what we do yes, next. Yes,
0: we're going to do a trivia quiz. As you know, I am also the host of Beat My Guest, the little uh, podcast uh, on trivia. I like to bring a little bit of that in here and quiz you on three questions, uh, tangentially related to the episode that we've just seen. So question number one, Timothy Amundsen, our, our fine uh, unsub- uh, sub sin I don't know. Timothy sub. Uh He, as you said, has been on many shows. One of the shows that he was on was a little a musical show called *Gallivant*, where he played King Richard. Which one of the following four songs is not a song that he sung on an episode of *Gallivant*? <laughs> Here are your four titles. Please pick the one he did not sing. Three of them he did. Is it A if i were a jolly blacksmith b it's not my night with a k c my dragon pal and me or d will my day ever come
1: aj i vaguely remember galavant and i think i watched the first episode but i have no memory of of it at all It did seem like a show I was going to like, but I remember that I didn't watch beyond the first episode. I'm with you. Me as well. (laughs) There you go. So of those songs, I really have no good clue leading me in any particular direction. I'm going to say he didn't sing the one uh, that was about the night with the K. Night
0: with the K is the correct answer. choice two.
1: Well done. He
0: was a jolly backsmith. He has a dragon pal. (laughs) Very well done. One for one. Let's keep this momentum going here with question number two. Uh, The end of the episode uh, included a James Blunt song, which was strangely not even released as a single, that song. Uh, It's not, you know, certainly not You're Beautiful or uh, any of his other hits. I have here the name of three James Blunt albums. One of them is made up, and they all seem like they kind of fit with the criminal minds theme. These these titles, but which one is the one I made up? Is it A, All the Lost Souls, B, Back to Bedlam, C, Danger in the World, or D, Some Kind of Trouble?
1: H A, I'm going to say James Blunt did not have an album entitled D. Some Kind of
0: Trouble. Oh, I am sorry. You're in some kind of trouble because that is indeed an album. He did not have danger in the world. Ah, indeed, indeed. But that's okay. We have one trivia question left. This is my favorite trivia question. I look forward to this every week. It is where I tell you the name of the next Criminal Minds episode that we will be covering And four potential plots, and you must pick the one that is the actual plot of the episode, which we will be doing here on Felonious Pundits next week. Criminal Minds Season 1, Episode 7 is entitled The Fox. The Fox. What is the plot of The Fox? Is it A, a serial killer moves into a farmhouse, luring children to their fates. Is it B, a series of murders at a strip club lead L to think that the killer is, in fact, a woman? Is it C, multiple families are found killed in their own homes when they were supposed to be out of town? Or is it D, when Morgan's date ends up being found dead, he becomes the prime suspect?
1: (laughs) Um, uh, for no reason at all, I think it's a little too early for, for one of the team to be considered a suspect. I feel like that's something, that's a well you dip in later on in a show's lifetime, lifespan, especially, well, I guess they don't know that their show is going to be going 15 years, but uh, I think you hold off a little bit on that. I'm torn between the, the middle two answers, the strip club and... The third one again. What was that? That was
0: Uh, families killed in their own home.
1: Families killed in their own home Um, because I don't I don't think it's the first one. I think that's a little too on uh, brand with the fox. So I am going to say the next episode is about the strip club choice too I, I don't remember exactly what it was i just remembered strip club uh, it was for some a strip <laughs>
0: club where a uh, series of murders lead l to think that the killer is in fact a woman aka perhaps a fox as it were ah yes, yes. gotcha unfortunately that is not the correct answer oh no we are gonna be <sighs> no. taking our first foray into the term family annihilator as multiple families are found dead in their own homes when they were supposed to be out of town uh, it's an
1: uplifting spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go for that one, but the strip club had me. Well,
0: you know, there's plenty of episodes uh they, you know, in the hundreds of episodes, <laughs> trust me, almost every one of my fake answers probably does appear <laughs> in some
1: form. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, that was fun. Uh, we we ran a little long this week, AJ, but uh, that, that episode was, as I said, dense. Had a lot of things to uh, talk about. Uh, so let's go ahead and end the show for this week. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us, folks. Uh, we hope you had a great time. And if you have, please go ahead and be sure to subscribe to rate and review our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, also, please spread the word, let your friends know about us, and uh, you can also write to us if you'd like at feloniouspundits at gmail.com. For AJ Mass, this is Kentad Svensgaard saying goodbye and keep profiling. Wheels up! The plane. plane. Tattoo.